Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com Cassie will introduce today's guest. On today's show, four women discuss what they each heard on last week's Kinky Cast with Empress Misty and Damon Danes. Perception is in the ear of the beholder, so join us for a critical review of episode 451 with Lee, Miss Tress, Dr. Vanilla, and Nurse Ratched. Here's your host, Lee. Thanks, Max and Cassie. Tonight we have four beautiful women sitting at the table ready to take on the world's problems. We have Miss Tress. Hello. Hi. And then we have Dr. Vanella. Hello, hello. And then we have Nurse Ratchet. Hello. How is everybody tonight? And you're Lee, right? I am Lee. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Lee. So tonight we're going to discuss last week's show with Damon and Misty. What are y'all's thoughts? Mistress? Big question. Yeah. I tried to listen to last week's show a couple of times. I made it about 18 minutes in. I had a very hard time with the tone of condescension towards women. I was then provided a transcript so I could get all the way through it. And I have a lot to say about it. How about you, Dr. Vanilla? I, too, was unable to listen to the entire thing. There were many assumptions being perpetuated and a lot of stereotypes that were again being delivered and I take issue with generalizations that don't necessarily hold a lot of legitimacy. I thought there was an awful lot of whining going on. This is what my ears heard, whine. I'm the oldest of the group, and so I come from a different generation. I come from before women's lib, as they kept referring to the women's lib. And I lived through all of that. So listening to this, it was a lot of circles, a lot of spinning in the dirt. I'm not really hearing anything but whining. Okay. I listened to it. I didn't have the exact same reaction as everyone else. I enjoyed listening to the viewpoints from the participants of the podcast. Some of it I had a hard time with, the generalization of all grouping women together and thinking that all women think a certain way and react a certain way. I took issue with that, so I think we're going to have a good discussion. I'm going to ask Ms. Tress to start off. There's a saying that privilege for a very long time, and it's only the last 50 or 60 years that we are coming away from men having this great amount of privilege. And I did hear the whining that Nurse Ratchet heard, and this is a good point, that I heard a lot of whining that men don't get the same deference as they did before. Entitlement. Yeah, there's a lot of entitlement. And there was a time when all a man needed to catch a wife was a decent job. Oh, you yeah. just need to have an income. And then he could have a wife 
who would then be trapped in that marriage, especially if she had kids, but divorce wasn't allowed. So women just had to put up with whatever men gave them. And those days are over. Women don't have to live like that anymore. We don't have to shackle ourselves to a man. We get to choose men and be with men because we love them, care about them, have something in common. We get to choose men just as men got to choose women. And now it's hard because they actually have to be nice, interesting people. They don't just have to have a job and a dick. Yeah, and I took great offense to the referring of men becoming soft. To me, times are changing. The traditional gender roles are being removed. And it is a time for egalitarianism. It's not about one sex having more power than the other. So everybody should be on equal standing in a relationship, is what you're saying. They should share responsibility, Mm -hmm. and they'd be respectful of each other. Mm -hmm. I think to what would make the perfect world is that it's a seesaw. The needs at particular times of one person are greater than the needs of the other, and we haven't got there yet, not by any stretch of the imagination. I just have problems with people thinking that they are entitled. I was in a relationship. I was the breadwinner. I was the sole breadwinner. But I didn't have control of the money. I had no control over anything and was constantly berated and constantly put down and accused of things that I wasn't doing because this person was threatened because I'm the man. Yeah, and that whole idea of I'm the man leads to that toxic masculinity and that's not healthy for anyone no but I think especially in the south it's bred into us I have two sisters who are eight and ten years older than me they're very old school is what I call it because they believe that they have to take care of their man which is fine I do not begrudge them anything that they believe in that's the way that they want to live their life waiting on their men hand and foot and working a full-time job that's their business i don't choose to live my life that way and i'm very fortunate in that i have a partner we're partners we do things together and when each one of us has had times in our life where we haven't been a hundred percent the other one picks up the slack it's just what partners do I would never belittle him in any way, and he would never belittle me in any way. I put him up there on a pedestal for a reason. It's deserving. I don't have anything against the people that were on the podcast last week. I just think that because of the last couple years where women have asserted more control over their lives, that men are feeling threatened and I get that I get why that they're feeling threatened and I understand and they get to feel that way but like you said earlier men have had the upper hand for years we have had to succumb to whatever society demanded of us and if we didn't then we were the bad girls 
if we didn't go to church or if we didn't do what we were supposed to do or whatever, then we were considered bad. Or at least difficult. Or at least difficult. Yeah. We really have to take the time to communicate with one another. And everything goes back to communication, whether it be Dom submissive, mistress submissive, or regular relationships. If you're not talking to one another respectfully about what's going on, you're never going to get anywhere. And if a man is feeling slighted because someone in the dungeon said he was a predator and there's nothing to back that up, someone's just looking at him because he's got a flogger and he's a man, then he's automatically considered a predator. That does happen sometimes. But... (laughs) Miss Tress, would you like to take it away? Are you a gun owner? Yes, I am. Okay. So when you look at a gun, if you see a gun, if there was just a random gun sitting on this table, what would your first assumption be about that gun? That it was loaded. Absolutely. Men are the biggest predators of women. Men are who rape us, assault us, hurt us, hit us, kill us. Men. For the most part. More men kill women than women kill women. Okay, yeah. So when we see a man, Mm -hmm. we have to assume that gun is loaded for our own safety. We have to assume that gun is loaded, and then we can learn more later. I'm not saying that means ostracize that person who's been Mm -hmm. accused as a predator, but find out more information. Assume that... Whoever is telling you that person did something wrong, you have to assume the worst and then find out the best, the truth. I agree with you. Yeah. And yes, it absolutely happens that people get called predators when they're not me included in that (laughs) list. And I'm going to address a couple of points here. So one point during the, the last week's podcast, there was a mention of how only women bitch and complain. And that if a man went to see Misty and didn't enjoy all of the things that Misty did to him, then he would be he would never complain because then people would call him weak and whatever. And she said, men don't complain. Men complain a lot and this is by far not the only instance in my life but i literally had a very public experience with this when i had a very public scene with someone who we negotiated in front of several people point by point of what our scene was going to be and the next day all over fetlife i was a predator There was a lot of complaining and bitching that day and there's been other it it happens men also complain That is not the first time I was called a predator. The first time I was called a predator was about five years earlier when I had a scene with Submissive where I drove nails through his testicles. Oh, it was a great scene. It was a great scene. (laughs) It was a great scene. It was a great time. And it was definitely, you were there, Lee. Was it consensual? Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yes. So I was accused for a very long time afterwards of being a predator, that I take advantage of the mentally challenged, that there's no way anybody would have wanted that. Oh, he was far from mentally challenged. Far. (laughs) But this is why generalizations, you can't lump us all together. 
Not all women are the same. Not all men are the same. I was so involved in that. I know. Okay, I don't know where else to go with it, though. Let me address something that Nurse Ratchet had said, and she mentioned, and Lee, you did too, like the sharing of responsibilities in the home and in any relationship where there's a power dynamic, there is going to be an inequity of, it's not going to be equal, but it's going to be agreed upon. Or at least it should be. It and I think be. that's part of the issue is that for so many years, women were not allowed to have a voice. And that's true, except that most healthy relationships that have a power dynamic, there is going to be a great deal of communication, but it's going to be worked out down to who empties the trash, down to whose responsibility, it, like it's all going to be ironed out. But outside of kinky relationships, but also in some that aren't so well communicated, the woman in the relationship is the one who takes on the child rearing, the laundry, the cooking, the shopping, the cleaning, the at least the bulk of it. There are a few men out there that know how to do some chores. Yay me. And I think that's also changing. I think we've got a lot of young men, and I'm talking about 35 and younger, who grew up with single moms or moms who worked and dads who worked, and they saw their moms struggle. True. So they are more willing. Again, I'm not trying to be ageist. I'm not trying to pinpoint it, but there are generational differences. And the younger men are not softer by any means, but they understand that they should not necessarily be as entitled as their predecessors. I'm very attractive to a soft man who's willing to be my partner. He doesn't have to be Mr. Macho or Mr. Buff Six-Pack for me to be attracted to him. He has to be a partner and emotionally available, yes. I remember, I, gosh, it's been a long time ago. I asked my mom once about, do you ever think about what you would have done with your life if you hadn't gotten married? She was married and had a child by the time she was 20. She said, no, I was just waiting to get married and there have wasn't a baby. Another, there wasn't another Teacher, option. nurse, and telephone operator. But, but now there are options. There are. Options, and that makes it harder for men to compete. And it's the expectation. Right. Because, Lee, you're only 10 years older than I am. But maybe even your generation, the expectation was not that you're going to go to Oh, I had a ga guidance a counselor told me my best bet was just to get married and have children. That was the expectation. My daughter was not raised at all with that expectation. There is right. no point in her that anybody expected her. What's funny... I'm from, and I'm older than Lee, so I was moving away from home for the first time. The joke was, oh, you're going to a Big Ten community. To get your MRS? To get my MRS. Yeah, okay, whatever. Which never happened, first and foremost. But in the relationships, and I've had several, I was always the breadwinner. I was, And then I was expected to come home and take care of everything at home while deadbeat did nothing. There was always an excuse why 
I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. So I never got to have a macho manly man take care of me. I want one. <laughs> okay. I want to experience that. that. They talked about soft men. Woody made a comment earlier about soft men. Men being softer, physically softer. Not as we've mentioned it both ways, that a big, strong man, somebody who's muscular, somebody mm-hmm. who's tall, somebody who's macho, somebody who's emotionally unavailable for the most part. That's the toxic masculine. But that is what I got from last week's show. Right. That the, a soft man was a man who didn't have... All those a snowball's chance in hell of getting him masculine, yeah. quote unquote, masculine traits. Where I don't necessarily think that aggression, sexual aggression, showing no emotion, being hyper competitive, needing to dominate, or let's take that one out. A tendency <laughs> towards it, and here this one, a tendency towards glorification of violence. Some boy doesn't open my daughter's car door, and I'm gonna go beat his ass or whatever. That kind of like machismo, like that. I don't see that so much in the younger generation, in the millennials, in the Gen Zs. I don't see that as much. I think that is going away, and I feel like. That was what I got from this show when they talked about men being soft. And if that's the difference between a quote-unquote hard man or a quote-unquote soft man, I'll take the soft man every day. Not because I can run all over him or whatever, because I do that anyway, (laughs) but because I want someone who's emotionally available. Right. I want someone who doesn't believe that I am some helpless female who needs him to fight my battles. I don't want that. I don't need that. But I think what they're saying is that a man needs that. A man needs to be the protector. Stroke his ego. Needs to feel that. What if nobody ever breaks in the house? What if there's never an instance where, what if you are never in peril and that, and your man never ever has to come save you? Does that mean he'll never feel like a full man? <laughs> That's a good analogy. Really? What if during the time that that you and Woody, the next 10 years, Woody's not that kind of guy, but what if he was? And over the next 10 years, you go to work and back every day and go to the grocery store. And nobody ever accosts you. Nobody ever insults you. Nobody ever puts your honor in question. Does that make him less of a man because he's never had to protect you? Oh, no. But and that's. And again, I think this all boils back to this idea that the expectations are different for young men and for the guest last week. And I don't think the guest understands the new expectations for the young girl. Well, I think he gets beat up because of his pictures that he posts on his website. Now, I'm a. I'm not a professional photographer because I lack one more credit of getting my degree, but I do know Photoshop when I see it, and his photos are very heavily Photoshopped, and they're fantastic. i got to give him credit. They're beautiful, and I love the way he puts across a point, whether it be Handmaiden's Tale or whatever it is. They're great. And I know he gets a lot of hate mail because the pictures make it seem like he's mistreating his submissive. But I feel like 
those are people who can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy because it's obvious. I've only seen a few of his pictures, but it's clear to me. Part of the point of his pictures is some shock value. Sure. Part of the point is that he had great color contrasts and they're very dramatic. They're very beautiful. I'm going to say right now, if I had four smoking hot wives, I'd be taking every picture possible too. And I'd be spreading them all over the internet. I'd be doing the same thing. Not everybody likes everything. And right. you don't have to take it personally. you got a good point there, Mistress. You do. Are the guests from last week just being overly sensitive? Like I said, when you're used to privilege, equality feels like discrimination. Damien, you feel, was being... Oversensitive to criticism. If he knows that the pictures are photoshopped, because he photoshopped them, pictures. why is he getting butthurt over some hate mail? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think he's taking it personally. I just think it bothers him. Now, I haven't talked to him one-on-one. I'm just trying to gauge it. I think he is surprised at the reaction that he gets because he gets a lot of hate mail from women who think that he's mistreating his wives. Based on clearly staged photos that he has put on the internet. Yeah. The Others. women who the people who are sending yes. him the hate mail. And then it the fact that he's upset about it speaks to some naivete or mm-hmm. even on his part that nobody shock value. When you post mm-hmm. things for shock value, people are going to be If he doesn't know mm-hmm. these people personally, again, why does he care about their opinions? There's a group of what I believe he calls the posse that goes around and they say, oh, he's an abuser. And they spread it around to all these other people. And they it's, a, it's an onslaught of just hate mail after hate mail claiming that he's an abuser. And I guess I can see where that would bother someone. Okay, so the, there's two sides to that, though, right? So, yeah. one, he is definitely posting pictures for shock value. Right. People, as an intended consequence, people are shocked. The consequence to that shock is the reaction that anybody who's been on FetLife, anybody who's been in the kinky lifestyle, anybody who's been to a dungeon, anybody who knows this particular community of people at all knows how they're going to react and what's going to happen. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So... If it's a problem, why do you keep doing it unless you want this attention and then want to maybe use that as a platform to say, oh, look, all these poor men are getting picked on. These poor men. And it all the Me Too movement did great things for women. It did wonderful things for women. And it really hurt a lot of very entitled men because... They can't get away with the same shit that they got away with before. I think an unintended consequence is people who are innocent get blamed. And if you don't want people to send you hate mail about the photos that you posted intending to shock them, then you don't post the photos or you send them to private or something. I just feel like he did something with a consequence that he knew was coming. And now he's complaining about the consequence. That's a good point. 
Or he could just not respond to these haters and just ignore it. Yeah. Because he knows it's coming. Are they coming to his house? If they are, he can call the police. Yeah, that's true. If I go outside and stand in the road and I get hit by a car, I don't get to complain that I was standing in the road and this damn car hit me. So it shouldn't be surprising that there's he should have a lot fully of expected every all of it. There's a lot of people who have problems with their own identities that they reach out and spread hate about anybody and everybody they can just to make a name for themselves. True. We've all seen it personally in the local dungeon here. I'm not saying that he's a bad guy or anything. I don't know him. I think he's a nice guy from what I've heard. But when you put these photos out there, you're going to get a lot of hate mail from people who don't quite understand what it is that they're looking at. Yeah, and then you cannot jump on a bandwagon and say, look, I was treated poorly, so now all other men are being treated poorly because they're real men? I'm back to the, this is a consequence that was... Okay, let's say he hasn't been around the King community or had no clue that this would happen. Once it started happening, he had a choice. He could stop posting pictures or he could continue. And knowing that if he continued, this was going to keep happening. I feel like there was somebody said, I don't know if it was him or when Woody was explaining the backstory to me, there was a... Lee, was there a, was there somebody that wasn't going to post the picture of him flogging? No, it was a reality type based TV oh, like show. A show. Okay. They came and filmed at his house for a week and got all this footage and then went back to the network and the network claimed that they went to legal and legal said, no, no way. Now, if you want to put a flogger in the hand of a woman and let the woman beat you, fine. Yeah, so that I feel is unfair. That is unfair. That is a double standard. And I feel like it is. There, there is some double standard going on. I don't feel bad about it, though, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Because we've been living with these double standards forever. And it's not fair, but it's happening. Deal with it. Suck it up, buttercup. Wow, that's rough. That's tough. I I don't feel sorry. I don't feel sorry for the poor men. I don't. We took a brief break to check our notes and then started again. So, I have a point I'd like to address. Now that I know more about the the protesting or costing that's happening to Damon, maybe I took this wrong. Maybe I heard this in a different way. I have a different perception on this matter now, but maybe. He made a point that it's okay for people to disagree or protest, but they need to do it in a loving way and not a hateful way. And when I first listened to the podcast and I heard that what I heard was the line that we've always heard from our oppressors. Don't protest this way. Don't disagree this way. Don't disagree in a nice way. If he was talking about the people who are sending him hate mail about the photos, then. Isn't it funny, our perception? I listened to the podcast and I read it at the same time as I was listening to it. And when Miss Tress came in, 
she was talking about what she just said, and I said, I didn't hear that. And so I started trying to find it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. So our perception of what we hear sometimes is different for everybody. Oh, and it gives the background info that you know about something, the history, knowing the history of something, and then hearing it makes a big difference on what you actually hear. It does. It does. Well, and your own personal history, your biases and such, all that plays into it. Even your perception of the visual. I can look at something and go, oh, that's beautiful. That's really nice. And someone else can look at it and go, that's totally disgusting. I'm going to report this person. So, for instance, <laughs> I posted a funny cartoon of one of the ex-presidents, who shall not be mentioned, in handcuffs. I just, I thought, fair play, right? I had a friend, who's now an ex-friend, who didn't think it was so funny, and so she gave me a few choice. What about this and what about that? And I just said, whatever. So our perceptions of what we look at is also different. So how do we get past that? How do we come together and figure out how to meet in the middle somewhere? I'm not always going to agree with everything Miss Tress says or Nurse Ratchet says or Dr. Vanilla says. And they're not going to agree with everything I say all the time. 99% of the time they'll agree, but no, I'm just kidding. There's got to be a way to everybody really look within themselves and have an open conversation. Instead of us sitting around the table talking to one another, maybe it'd be nice to sit around and really talk to the man. I agree with you, but I think we needed to have this conversation first or we would have all just been... Oh, sure. Angry. <laughs> yes. Because Woody's sitting over there going, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> he asked for it. But he wants us to be open and honest. And so does Damon was ready for whatever criticisms that we might have had. And so I think it's... But whenever you have two sides, I don't think anybody's ever going to get totally on board with the other person. I think we have to learn to respect our differences. That's where a lot of it comes from. I don't have to like everything you like or you like. And you all don't have everything I like. But respect the fact that we have differences, but we can still get along. I think that's probably a generational thing. <laughs> because entitlement to opinion is just oh, yeah. growing rampant. And okay. a lack of a growth mindset or a lack mm -hmm. of openness. And I'm an educator. I hear students all the time. If you disagree with me, I know you don't like me. And it's, oh my God, no, sweet yeah. pea. That is not the way that this works at all. And I have to tip you toe around people. I make a lot of corrections on documentation and stuff. And I said, you need to do this, do it this way. And don't be so critical. Don't, don't hurt my feelings. Oh, gosh. Okay. And so at the same time that we all need to be a little bit more accepting of the differences, mm -hmm. we also have to understand that not everybody's going to no. agree with what we have to say. True. And some people are going to really be offended. Or in the case, maybe some of the people who are complaining and sending hate mail and calling the police, maybe some of those people 
really believe that he is being abusive. Mm -hmm. Their own perception, their own history, their own all of that. Maybe they really believe that. And if they really believe that, then I'm glad that they're trying to say something. Because we need to be able to identify and deal with the people who are perpetrators of abuse, mm-hmm. especially in our community. But there was a guest that Woody had on many shows ago who was a hard edge player and had tried to share with some vanilla friends. And was it that they actually see some of her hard edge play? I guess this was the beating and, the, and really. Mm-hmm. And these people kept saying, you have a problem. We can help you. We can save you. And this is what this person wanted. And there are going to be those that refuse to accept that there are people out there that want to be like this. And I'm not just specifically, but there. if you can't believe the way I believe, then there's something wrong with you. And we experience that yes. every, in every part of society. Yeah, but that's true with anything. He is having an unwanted consequence to him posting these pictures. Yeah. And really and truly the bottom line is he can choose to continue to post his pictures and he's going to have that consequence and he knows it. He knows that is a consequence of doing that. So it's his choice yeah. to continue or stop. And that's a choice that we all have to make. Something sure. that we want to do just because we want to do it doesn't mean it's okay to do. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think his photos are very artistic and there is definitely a market for those. And I'm sure he's a marketing guy and does very well for himself. So. I'm not sure exactly what all he does with those photos, but I look at him and I think, wow, I know what kind of work went into creating them and displaying them. I just, I think they're beautiful. But there's an audience. There is an audience. There are people who aren't the audience. They're never going to like it. Nobody's going to change their mind. And he has a choice to continue or not. Yeah. But on the other side of that, if he is providing for this audience and this other the hate mongers or whatever come in and stir up the trouble and try to instigate the public opinion. There are oh, there's always somebody looking to be offended. Exactly. He does have rights to be able to publish. He does, but he doesn't have the right, right. to do it without the consequences. If people are the hunters or the predators preying on the predators, you could look at it that way too. I know you. <laughs> If you want to look at it in different aspects, and I'm not saying he's right, all of his opinions are correct. I'm just saying if you look all the way around at the different angles, you've got a lot of different ways that you can talk this out. And For sure. Speaking of consequences... No one has consequences anymore for bad behavior, whether it's a grown-ass adult or a young kid. Nobody has consequences anymore. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Absolutely positive. I have consequences. They're self-induced consequences. No, they're not. <laughs> they are. They are. And that's... Right. Yeah. That's what people are supposed to do. You're supposed to hold yourself accountable. But people don't 
do that anymore, starting from the kids who are coddled by their parents who they, they, they don't even get in a car anymore and drive. They don't even want to go to work. I just don't understand it. But anyways, that's a different story. That's another social media. That's another that social go, media. That we can go on. Yeah. <laughs> broad sweeping generalizations. Yeah. Was that was I broad I sweeping? I think oh, so. I I'm do. So sorry. I I do believe that was a that's the way very I, that's the way I feel right game. now though, broad sweeping, because I don't know of any young adult who is responsible these days. Really? I know a lot of them. I don't know any. Come hang out with me. I will. Okay. Because I got a, I got slews of them. Okay. That are very responsible. You're, you're and also. That they are. <laughs> <laughs> you also deal with the more responsible end of the spectrum of the young adults. And again, there are consequences. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> Any last words, mistress? I have to really think about this for a while and I would like to come back and revisit this another time. Okay. Sounds good. Dr. Vanella, you have anything you want to add to this lively conversation? I'm going to remind everyone to not make assumptions and not to perpetuate large sweeping generalizations that don't hold water. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nurse Ratchet. Life is not black and white. There's a lot of grays in there and blues. And we have to learn that not everybody is going to be like me, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Diversity is what makes this all That's so right. interesting. That's right. It's been an interesting conversation. Pros and cons have been shared. Next time, we are going to have another conversation. We're going to include Damon Danes and Empress Misty. So that ought to be really interesting because it's easy for us to sit here and talk about their conversation. And it's easy for them to talk among themselves about what they're going through. But when we get together and talk about it, I think it'll be a lively discussion and it'll be really interesting. For sure. So stay tuned. It's been fun, y'all. You have been listening to the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast, and we welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.